0: hi hi um welcome back to another episode of midwest madness your true crime cult conspiracy encrypted podcast i'm emily
1: and i'm danielle
0: and i'm trying to think if there's anything to say but i don't really think there is this is weird because this episode when we're recording it's not going to come out for like three weeks
1: yeah, and so it's a while, but I have yeah. lots going on we're at the end of June. We're so. recording
0: early like very early because Danielle's got two weekends in a row where she's gone, so yep,
1: I'm out of town and out of town.
0: It just feels odd that like by the time these come out, we're probably going to forget what the <laughs> stories even are. Like I don't I cannot tell you what your story is on Tuesday. The one that comes out tomorrow. Um, it's going to be a surprise, don't tell me.
1: Okay, I'm trying to think if I rem- Oh, I remember. Okay.
0: Like, I've been trying to f- think about it for, like, yeah. since we recorded two weeks yeah. ago, and I cannot think of what it is. That's so funny. Yeah.
1: Well, because, like, I was telling you, so Emily is the one that does all the recording on her computer, and then she sends it to me, and I do all the uploading, so if there's ever issues with uploading, it's my fault, 100%.
0: And if it's ever recording...
1: It's Emily's my fault. It's me. <laughs> so, um, that was just kind of how we divided the workload, and when Teddy Roosevelt happened... I told Emily, I was really confused because I was like, that is not what we recorded. And then I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah, we recorded early. <laughs> yeah. It's just been a weird couple weeks. It has been. Just because we've been so busy, but I'll take it, though. You know, I would rather be a little bit busier than have nothing to do because.
0: Oh, I like not having anything to do.
1: I like that every now and then. Otherwise, it gets kind of boring. It's all I been fun stuff.
0: Need I don't know. I'm like feel really old to the like, I need my weekends to just like relax and catch up on my stuff. I try to say sli- I like like to say sleep, but I'm I get up so early anyway on weekends still. Yeah. It doesn't matter, but yeah, I don't know.
1: But you just like time to recharge. You're like a classic introvert. I mean, we both are.
0: I would say I'm like both. Like I'm an extrovert, but I need my introvert time okay. to like recharge by the end of the week I'm like I don't want to talk to anybody that's like Friday night hardcore don't, introvert don't vibes. text me don't talk to me like I will be I'll walk my dog and then I will be I'll watch a movie and I'll go to bed
1: yeah I, I it's weird. usually like even since I was a kid like spending time in my room yeah every you like day to be alone would be my like recharge time even in college sometimes my roommates would come up to my door and they'd be like you need to come hang out with us we haven't seen you in four days <laughs> i like, feel like well, i worked and then i came home
0: maybe now i feel like now that i live alone i like to be alone more
1: interesting does that make sense no i know it
0: doesn't i
1: mean yeah no because sometimes when i dog sit for really long stretches of time like one time i did like almost a full month and i made you and Allie come over because i was like i am so lonely and so bored and i just need to see somebody <laughs> yeah and to be clear the family did say that it was fine if i had people come over but i was like oh my god i can't can't take it so
0: anyway th- that we got really off topic there the point is we really we're did. really recording this early so yeah um things could happen in the next two weeks that
1: Hopefully only really good, good things. Good things, yeah.
0: We need some good vibes. <laughs> um, I told the story of the Velisca axe murders last week, yep. um, and now it's Neil's turn.
1: And for once, Emily doesn't know where I'm at. because I don't know anything. Yeah, you know nothing. So I think because
0: I texted you, so I didn't need to know where your story yeah, was. Yeah, because I knew where yours yeah. was.
1: Um, so I have definitely heard this story before. Do you think I'll know it? Maybe. I think it'll sound familiar. Kay. I think when I say what it is, you'll be like no. But as I tell the story, well. Oh, okay, you will. I got you. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the real big true crime ones. Um, I don't like naming other true crime podcasts on our podcast. I don't know why.
0: I'm named. I named drop morbid.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Um,
0: My friend Haley. Pause real quick. Yeah, I saw her on Saturday, and she was like, "When I first saw your spooky lighthouse episode, I was like, if she doesn't credit." morbid I'll be so pissed (laughs) (laughs) and then she's like and then I listened and you did so you're good (laughs)
1: um so this is an I survived oh is
0: it my favorite murder
1: that's one of them but it's literally the I survived podcast
0: oh I've never heard of that
1: yeah it's like the show you know how like I know there's a show yeah I know there's an I survived yeah so I survived is the same thing oh but it's very confusing because I think on the show they use like typed out you know like written parts where you have to like read like four years later blah, oh. blah, 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 blah. and she was at this place and like so then some of it didn't really make sense i was like i feel like something was just written and i don't know what it said that
0: happens on the dateline podcast sometimes i like because they put in like um oh they're recorded like interviews and yeah. Inter- interrogations. Yeah, and you can sometimes really you can't it hear it them. It, but you know that they have the subtitles. Yeah. Their, yeah. Yeah. So, so I get what you're saying. Yeah,
1: so like same idea here. So I'm pretty sure my favorite murder covered this one, but I thought it was a good story because the the woman is incredible. She's really cool. Um, so her name is Carrie or Carly, sorry, Carly. And um, on March 15th, 2006, Carly Butler was leaving work to head back to her home in Chicago. Um, on her way to her car, she noticed a car with a group of men in it that didn't look like men that should be in the area. So, like, this was a parking ramp pretty much specifically for the building. So, you'd usually see people in, like, professional work clothes, and these guys were not in that type of clothing. Okay. Um... So, they see her, and the men get out of their car and come towards her. They start punching her and kicking her. Um, And Carly's fighting back. She's kicking and screaming and scratching the men, um, doing literally anything that she can to get away from them. Um, I think she said there were, like, four guys. And they each pick up one of her limbs, and they, like, start carrying her to her car, to her trunk.
0: Her her own car? Uh
1: Uh-huh. Okay. Um... And so, they keep telling her to stop fighting, or they will kill her. Um, They shove her into the trunk, and she continues to fight, but they get her in there, and um, they, like, get the trunk closed, but her phone, like, flipped open. And so, by the light of the screen, she can kind of see, like, what's on the trunk, and a lot of trunks now have, like, the emergency release. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... So they... She pulls the emergency release and it, like, flies open, which she wasn't expecting it to fly open like that. Because, like, you know, when you pop your trunk, it usually just kind of, like, pops up a little bit. And then you, like, lift it the rest of the way. Apparently, when you use the emergency latch, it, like, flies open. And so, um... Three of the men were going back to their car. Shit. She should have waited till it was moving. And she... Not that... You're not victim of no, or anything? Not at no, all. no. No, no, no. <laughs> but, um the other guy was getting into her car. And so the three see her pop it open and, um, they shove her back into the trunk. Um, and one of the bigger guys punched her in the face and then splashed her in the face with something and it started to burn. Oh shit. So it was acid. Oh no. And so, um, she, uh, gets shoved back into the trunk the acid is burning through her clothes. It ruined some of the things in her trunk. Um, luckily, her eyes were saved by her contacts and because she was crying. So it, like, flushed oh, everything out of her eyes. Damn. So she didn't, like, go blind or anything. Um, and she said that she could hear her mom talking to her. Her mom had passed away about a year before the accident. Or before the attack, I mean. And her mom had been a Chicago police officer, so she had always told her, like... If you're ever taken somewhere, like, fight, 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 fight. Do not let them take you to a secondary location because you will not come back. Right. Which is, you know, kind of something that you hear in the true crime genre is, like, don't ever let them take you to a secondary location. So um, in one of the things she said, she heard her mom say, quote, Carly, you have to get out of here. You can't give up, end quote. Um, so Carly unlatched the trunk again. And since she knew that it was going to fly open, she like held really tight to the, the handle this time. And, um, the person who was driving her car, um, excuse me, had turned the music up as loud as it could go so that no one would hear her like screaming or pounding on the trunk or anything. Right. Um, and she knew Where in the parking ramp she was. So she knew that it would take four rotations for her to get onto the street level. And so she's like watching through this little crack between where the trunk is and the back of the car is. Is
0: the other car behind them?
1: Yes, the other car is behind them. And she sees that and she's like, okay, I'm going to have to just like fucking go. Um, So they round the last of the four loops and she throws open the trunk tumbles out of the trunk, hitting the ground between the two cars. The second car comes to a screeching halt um, with the front bumper, like, inches from her face. And she um, jumped up, and seeing someone that she recognized, I think she said it was, like, her neighbor or something, she started screaming for them to help her. And, um... She, like, ran into the building with this neighbor, and then the the people in the cars just took off. So, um, police were called immediately. There was blood all over Carly, and her jacket was burned away from the acid. So, it was, like, winter time. Oh, okay. Um, Well, it was March, so she was wearing a winter jacket. And, basically, um, the police were, like, we're really sorry this happened, but we really don't have enough evidence to get anybody there's nothing we can really do which is devastating
0: i mean i don't understand like they just did they inv- try to investigate it at all or at- are they just kind of like sorry you got put in your trunk and splashed with acid but there's nothing we can do
1: so it kind of seemed like at that point they you know they were definitely interested in wanting to help but they just couldn't. Okay. Cuz there wasn't enough evidence. No cameras in
0: this. Apparently not.
1: Garage? Apparently not. Okay. So did um, they leave her, her her car? Did they take it? Yeah, they took her car. Okay. So Carly isn't sure why the men went after her, but she had been dating a guy that she didn't realize had a criminal record and was still kind of like shady. Um Police told her that they thought he might have done something that caused these guys to go after the closest person to him, and at the time, it was Carly. So, since there, like I said, since there wasn't enough evidence in her case, there were no arrests made, um, and Carly decided to move out of the city and into the suburbs where her dad was still living. One night, while she is going through her apartment um, lobby, she sees the guy that hit her in the lobby of her new apartment building and he has two women with him. Um what are the odds? Yeah, right. So like they like make eye contact and everything and she's like, "Oh shit." Is oh, her face shit. from the acid? Um at this point, I don't know. Okay. Um Carly calls the police and lets them know that she had seen the man that had punched her in the face. They do end up arresting him, but they still don't have enough to arrest him for what he did to Carly. He instead got arrested for the drugs that he was caught throwing over the balcony of his apartment. So he lived in the same apartment. Yeah, in like? the same complex. Yeah. Mm. Um. On May twenty fifth, two thousand six, Carly was leaving her cousin's house when two women came up to her on the street to ask for directions it's like after 10 o'clock at night and they asked her for directions to a specific place and in in all the interviews she's like I immediately knew something was wrong or not right because like in this tiny town if you don't know where that is you don't belong here and so um, Carly takes off running to her car she gets to it and gets in but is unable to get the door closed before one of the women gets her hand into the car and in her hand is a gun what the fuck the woman says, "Do it again, bitch, and I'll kill you."
0: Do what again? Run. Like try and
1: take off, yeah. Um, while pointing the gun at Carly's head, so Carly then gives the woman her keys and her purse, and that's when she feels something splash in her face. I'm
0: not again.
1: The liquid burns her skin. Carly said in an interview that, "quote, It's hard for me to sh- to describe the pain. It burned so horribly." I tried to wipe it away, and you can see where the skin around my eyes melted, end quote.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So her um, arms were, like, up in, like, surrender at this point. So there's, like, acid on her arms. There's acid on her face. She's trying to get it off of her. Her clothes are literally, like, melting away. And then the woman throws some more acid on her, and it throws. she throws it on Carly's stomach. It burns away at her clothing, dripping down onto her legs. Um, this time the acid is more potent than the very first time, so all those months ago in March, this acid is worse. Um, Carly rips the clothes off of herself to try and get the acid off of her. The two women stare at her while she's screaming, and then she makes a run for it again, sprinting back to her cousin's house while screaming in pain. Um, Carly has said in interviews that there was no emotion in the woman's eyes, like they went dead. She isn't sure... If they were so sadistic that they wanted to watch her suffer or if it was like they were almost shocked or surprised or unaware of the damage that they were actually going to do with this acid. Like maybe they didn't know it was acid? I think they had to know it was acid. Mm -hmm. I don't think they were that oblivious to the fact. But if the first time didn't really do the kind of damage that the second time did... I'm wondering if they're just told, like, oh, it's just going to sting or something. Um, Because you would hope that someone's not that gross and sadistic and just wants to, like... You would hope. (laughs) She's making a, well, kind of gesture with her hand. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I I don't... You're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. Chances
0: are there's a good chance that they are <laughs> yeah
1: but you would hope though you would hope but some crazy people um yeah yeah clearly otherwise we really wouldn't have a podcast correct <laughs> um by the time carly gets into her cousin's house she's almost naked from her clothes burning away from her and the her attempting to yank them all off She goes immediately up into the bathroom where she takes a cold shower. She kept screaming, quote, those girls, those girls, end quote. They were the same two women that had been spotted with the guy in her apartment building. I hope she moved. So, um, Carly ended up in the hospital for six weeks. Damn. When she woke up, she thought that maybe she had died. Um, and also, so like, like I said before, she was a contact wearer. Mm-hmm. And like this time, her contacts like literally almost melted onto her eyes. Oh my God. Because the acid was so potent. So, like, she came to and could finally see everything. And, like, you know, a hospital room is not like the most colorful place. They're usually pretty white. Yeah. And so she, that's why she had thought she had died. Um, She had over a dozen surgeries and had third degree full thickness burns on over 30% of her body. So according to chop.edu, third degree or full thickness burns are burns that destroys the outer layer of skin, which is called the epidermis, and the entire layer beneath, which is called the dermis. So like, these are really severe burns. Um, the woman that threw the acid on Carly was a woman named Nicole. Um, Nicole was charged with two counts of heinous, of heinous sorry, battery, and was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Um. How did they catch them? I am not sure, because it was kind of hard to find, like, information on the actual crime, um because Carly is such a badass (laughs) she's a really cool like I said she's a really cool woman she has a a website and she like does a lot of like work with other victims of of acid burns and like does a lot of public speaking and stuff so that's more of what I found okay um So, Carly said it's been hard to trust people in her life, that it takes a lot longer to get comfortable with people, and it took her a while to be comfortable on her own again. She now goes and talks to schools and police um, about her story and has done a TED Talk. She has also helped get House Bill 2193 passed. House Bill 2193 makes it unlawful to carry an amount of corrosive or caustic acid or Achille um, that is capable of causing serious injury or distress to another person. It also requires people to show identification and sign a log to purchase such materials. Smart. Yeah, so um, one of the things about this acid is that, that she was burned with is it was like from a car battery. So it's like kind of easy to get your hands on still I mean you have to like go into the battery and that's going to be dangerous on its own but like it's still easy well I wouldn't say easy but it's still available to get which is really scary um and then she said she's met with other acid and burn acid burn survivors and in both cases um that that they were talking about it was really easy for her attacker their attackers to get the acid Um, Carly's truly an incredible woman. She wrote a letter to her attacker and told her that she forgave her. She did never hear back from her attacker, which isn't, like, a huge surprise. Um, and then she has this website, www.burnedbeauty.com. If you want to check her out, that's, like, where you can go to, like, hear her story and, like, see what she's up to. And she's going to have merch soon. And then, um... It also is like, here's how you can book her to come and speak at your whatever. But they never figure out why? No. Their their biggest suspicion is because of her ex-boyfriend.
0: But why a second attack? Because the, f- the guy got put in jail?
1: I think the second attack was just because the first one didn't work.
0: And how did they find her? But, but she wasn't even know. connected to that boyfriend anymore, was she?
1: I don't think so. I don't know. Hmm. They, they think that it all just kind of stems back to him and what he was doing on the streets at the time.
0: Well, I hope he feels bad.
1: He certainly better. Um, so in 2017, Carly did an interview, and I wanted to um, end with a quote from that. It's kind of a long quote, but I just, like, it kind of shows what kind of person she is. Um, it says, quote, I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, and I wouldn't change a thing. Everything that has happened has helped to make me who i am today i know it sounds so cliche but it's so true i'm truly grateful for all of my experiences and i'm thankful that i got to use them along with my scars as tools to teach and encourage others it's an incredible opportunity i never imagined this would be my life but here i am and it's not perfect but it's mine i am confident and very happy with the woman i've become but i look forward to learning and growing Thank you for this opportunity to continue showing the world that there is beautiful life after drama, trauma, and scars, end quote.
0: Well, that's really sad, but really good. Uh, I mean, she turns, like, a bad thing into such a good thing when it takes a special person to do that. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And, like, the fact that she, like, reaches out to other survivors of burn attacks is just, like... It's got to be so comforting for them to see like this woman is thriving. I wonder after going through this. Oh, I'm not I'm not even going to speculate, never mind. Okay. <laughs> we can t- speculate later. <laughs> okay. Oh, um so that's my whole story. I feel like it was way shorter than I thought it was going to be, but it was the same number of words I usually have. So, um my sources were uh readtoempower.com um, I survived season 2 episode 1 and the org. Cool.
0: Um our socials are Midwest Madness podcast.
1: Sorry, I don't know what that was. About. MW
0: Madness Podcast the um on Instagram and Gmail and Midwest Madness Podcast the group on Facebook. And then there's a Twitter, but but we don't know what it is. Typical you already know. So. Yep. Anything else? Have a great week. Have a great week, friends. We will see you next Tuesday. Bye.